0: up, everybody? This is episode 25 of the We Like the Pain podcast, a show about two of the most despicable franchises in the NFL towards their fans, and those would be the Houston Texans and Jacksonville Jaguars. I am one of your hosts, Oscar Barkas.
1: And I'll be your other host, Sam McFadden.
0: And uh, I think we got a good show. We took a two two-month break after the draft.
1: Much needed. Much
0: needed. Much needed. I,
1: I, after the draft every year, like that's such an exciting time to be a football fan, and I spend so much time thinking about football leading up to it. I almost need, like, I need this time afterwards, where nothing is going on, to relax before football season starts, before like the fantasy season starts, and you start. I start having to do all the research stuff like that. It's nice to have this time. On. So,
0: Yes. After, like, I'd say probably eight or nine months of football consuming a good chunk of my life, it is nice to enjoy other sports and be brainless about them and, uh, you know, focus on my loved ones and everything that uh, you're supposed to do. Right, right, as
1: opposed to neglecting them.
0: Right, right, like I do the other nine months. Right, right. Um, we've got, like always, we'll start with some quick questions, and then we will move to all the headlines that we've missed and want to cover over the past couple months, uh, some pretty big NFL news looming, um, and then – we're gonna give some two months post draft thoughts about our teams, and maybe get into a little fantasy corner. Uh, but Sam, you ready for a quick question?
1: Um, yeah, I'll, I can go first. I can lead us off. Uh, my quick question comes on the heels of um, the Kyrie decision to sign to accept his player option, and it's it's just because I've seen so many Lakers fans before he made that decision, um, just being ridiculous in their uh, assumptions of trades that are going to happen, him coming to the L.A., just being totally um, outrageous about that. And my question is t- to you is, when you think of a fan base that is so out of touch with reality, what's the fan base that you think of? Any sport. Who are the oh, most
0: man. ridiculous fans out there? <laughs> You know we're both from Dallas, so this is tough to say. But the Cowboys have have one of those fan bases for sure. Uh, Lakers definitely up there. Uh, both UT and NM fans as a whole have pretty tough fan bases.
1: I'd agree, but when I, so teams I'm thinking of
0: Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, fair enough. Uh,
1: I'm thinking of
0: New York Knicks.
1: New York Knicks. Yeah. Or the Yankees, for that matter.
0: Jackson just commented Manchester United.
1: <laughs> uh, we don't talk about soccer on this podcast.
0: Jackson, I'll don't. talk about soccer a little bit. <laughs> uh, any other examples?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. Boston fans,
0: just in general. Oh yeah, across all four sports. It's not. It's not just one.
1: <laughs> I have no respect for you, Boston fans. You win too much. Yeah. I think it's something like if if I were if I being my age if I were a Boston fan I would have experienced maybe um I don't know like eleven championships in my lifetime at this point across four major sports so I'm out on that. You don't get any respect for me.
0: Yeah, you can't complain when you're when you're that lucky. Not at all. Uh, As a As we're both Spurs fans speaking yeah. of we've yeah. got some pretty big news to talk about, so we're pretty lucky to have you know five have happened in our lifetimes we've really been present for like two uh, but but I consider myself pretty lucky to have seen oh. that many go to my favorite team uh, Boston's a whole other spectrum. Yeah
1: and they are sore winners
0: and uh, <laughs> fans, so. zero respect yeah. um okay I, add- I yeah i yeah I'll, I'll throw one back at you and this is something that i've seen a lot of other podcasts most notably our uh one of our favorites mina kimes will ask quite a bit and i'm just sort of interested because you just got me hooked on a show yes sir which is the boys i'm tearing through it's so good do you have any other content recommendations
1: uh absolutely absolutely so right off the bat the other show right now that just finished uh, season three it's called barry fantastic show one of the best shows on tv right now bill Hader, absolute masterpiece love that show um, and then, of course, the big one that everyone's talking about, Friday, more is coming out, Stranger Things Season 4. I, I have loved it so far. The, uh, the last two episodes come out on Friday, and I will be watching all four hours of that. Just yeah. one sitting yeah, at the edge of my seat. I am beyond excited for that. So if, if anyone out there hasn't started or seen any of the, those shows, check them out because they are so, so worth it. Barry especially. It's such a weird, weird thing. It's um, it's a show about a hitman or former hitman that wants to be a actor. So, you know, take a look at that. What about you, Oscar? What are you watching right now?
0: So I mentioned The Boys. Uh, that's pretty much my entire life right now. But um, I've been trying to read a good amount more. I'm reading a book by I think his name is David Baldacci called memory man right now. And it's about this guy that like his entire family is killed and he, he investigates their murders, which is pretty good. I'm not that far in. Very nice. Yeah. Um, Into stranger things. I'm going to start Barry. And then I'm also, uh, I, when I need a little comedy, I watch Veep right now, which is, which is very good.
1: I'm burning through Brookha nine, nine at the moment.
0: Oh, um, but it's a, it's a, it's a banger. It's
1: a fantastic time for TV right now. Uh, there's a show called the old man. I believe it's on Hulu. It's with Jeff Bridges. It's I've only one episode in, but it's fantastic. Um, uh, there's a lot of, I don't know. There's a lot of good stuff out there. There's, it's an overload of stuff. I'm, I know, but you know,
0: with now in, we- in the age of streaming, I think that we're just overloaded with options. Uh, which is both a good and bad thing. Yeah. All both right. Both Connor and Jackson have recommended the Minions movie, so I'm glad we're I think
1: there's working. a new one coming out. I think they uh I think they they're pretty excited about it.
0: Yeah, The Rise of Gru. Uh anyway, I think we should <laughs> we should get to Let's get to the meat of this sandwich. Um big sports media headlines. College World Series, this is probably the first College World Series that I've watched pretty much every game of in a while, and that's uh, mostly because A&M was in it till the very end. Oh, yeah. Ole Miss won, so congrats to the Rebels.
1: Kind of cool. SEC team. Really
0: cool. Respect it. Really first, cool.
1: First World Series win in school history. I can absolutely respect it.
0: Yeah. I think it's one of their first national championships, like across the board.
1: That does not surprise me. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. It's a big deal, and yeah. I did not watch much of it. I watched, um, I watched at least some of most of the A and M games, but you know, I have a hard time watching baseball in general. I Fair just enough. Can't get with it, but um.
0: college, in my opinion, is a lot more exciting because comparing it to the, I don't watch the majors that much, but. It seems like the pitching is a little worse, which means that there's way more offense in college. That's fair. That's fair. And that's where the excitement happens, in my opinion. But congrats to the Rebs. The Avs just won the Stanley Cup. Big win. Uh, you know, I, know, I know you're a big Flames fan. So yes. uh, this, fan. this was a tough, you know, I yeah. guess you lost to the winner. We got
1: out early. Um, no, we lost to the Edmonton Oilers. Um, oh. Yeah. Right. We we got out early, though, um, which was tough. But this makes it all the better because I know for a fact that our good friend and frequent listener, Connor Calhoun, is just absolutely crying right now. He's a big New York Rangers fan, so this is pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It's disgusting. I know. New York Rangers, I don't know why he would be a fan of them, but he was, and they got creamed and as went. So Connor can suck
0: it. Um, another Connor, another uh, listener of the podcast sometimes, my buddy Connor McGillan is a Lightning fan, and he needed this hit to his ego, I'll be honest. They <laughs> like just won two years in a row. So. Yeah, they can't
1: win a third. That's not allowed. Uh uh-uh, uh, never the Avalanche absolutely deserved it. They were the best team in the playoffs by far. They were so good this year. Um, and it was really It's always the celebration, the Stanley Cup celebration is always so fun to watch. I love that trophy so much. Oh, Yeah, it's like thirty pounds, isn't it?
0: It's I mean, huge. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so it's just a big cup. Ugh, I love it. Um and they I think they only lost four games throughout the entire playoffs, right?
1: Yeah, that's true. That's 16, 16 and 4, I believe. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. So fantastic a dominance from them against some really good teams. That Tampa Bay Lightning team is not is not an easy out. Um, so they definitely deserved it. Um, yeah,
0: I uh, I I'm sure you follow as well the account Freezing Cold Takes on Instagram. Yeah. The I don't know the the guy's name, but he was a player on the ABS last season and left and was quoted saying, I want to play for a contender. (laughs) And, uh, oh, am I not being heard right now? Sam has given me the signal that he can't hear me right now. So he is going to join back in, Uh, but pretty embarrassing from that, from that guy. Uh, other headlines. Oh, here comes Sam again. There we go. Sorry about that guys. You had a little bit of interference there. Uh, so we were talking about, I mean, pretty much wrapped up thoughts about the Stanley cup. I don't know if you want to talk about the LIV tour or the 54 tour sort of making an impact on golf.
1: Um, I, we can talk about it for a second. I mean, I'm not the most avid golf fan or anything like that. I love, I like to play more than I like to watch, but I do. There is something kind of satisfying about like the PGA freaking out. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Like no one has attempted, to. no one has made them worry in the last, I don't know, however long they've been <laughs> the big name in, in golf and, you know, someone's coming in, you know, I'd unfortunately, I think the people running the live tour aren't maybe the best people in the world, but it is kind of funny to watch these golfers like freak out a little bit, yeah in, in a sport that's so like I feel like a lot of these people that work at the p g a
0: think they're better than me, you know what i mean definitely that is a that is a fair opinion. It's tough because like you said the the people backing the live tour are. I mean, there's there's some bad blood there, some some skeletons in the closet to keep it light. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, that can be said for the PGA. <laughs> they, they have some tough uh, past, some tough history there. Um, and it's good that it's just it's never,
1: it shines some light on an, an idea that I'd never even really considered: the fact that like golfers don't get paid. Like other athletes do. It's like tennis players don't get paid like other athletes either. Like they get paid to win. Yeah, They don't get paid to play. Like a basketball player or a football player has a salary. They get paid to show up
0: and play. Yeah, they might have like incentives tied to winning.
1: But but golfers, there's a lot of golfers out there that are golfing a lot that they don't make a lot of money. Oh, yeah, at all. If you're not placing well, if you're not winning tournaments, like you don't have a source of income. So I think it's kind of, I think it's, I mean, it poses a good question of like, maybe they should get paid. Some yeah. Sort of that, that
0: was what I was going to add. The, the only good thing that I can really see this bringing is a lot of these tournaments are opening up their purses. They're, they're expanding the amount of money that's available to uh, the players that place in the top, you know, 40 or whatever in the tournament. So that's exciting.
1: Unfortunately, they're, the PGA is going up against the basically the Saudi National Fund. Yeah, which is basically unlimited amounts of money. So yeah, <laughs> they can't really compete as far as money is concerned.
0: Which is why a lot of golfers that were not winning a whole lot in the PGA are going to sign for hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. But <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, let's get into the most exciting non NFL news, which is the nBA uh we just had the Warriors win the title, beat the Celtics in six games yep. uh, immediately get into NBA draft coverage. I think it was like ten days after the Warriors won that the draft happened, and then free agency starts this week. It is like they just mush everything together, and I love it. I love it. it's so exciting
1: i I'm, I'm all about it. Um, it's an exciting time this is the most exciting time for the spurs right now in Uh, in forever you know it's it's we we went through the nba draft the spurs had three first round picks we used we used them all um and and i think i can speak for both of us here we've talked about it a lot um we really like this draft for the Spurs. oh yeah as the spurs concerned we we like the guy they took nine overall uh jeremy sohan um He's the guy, I mean, Oscar can attest to this. He's the guy that I wanted for us. From he was day kind one. of on from day one. He was the guy who was like, I, I kind of really like this kid out of Baylor. Um, so I was super ecstatic about that. He's a position, he feels like we need power for, a good power forward out there. Um, and, you know, it's just the average. I think the it came out the average age of the San Antonio Spurs right now is like 23, less than 23 and a half years old. Yeah. So, you know, it's an exciting time to be a San Antonio Spurs fan. Um, And also, like, you know, there's been some some trade rumors. Yeah,
0: big time. Uh, Uh, Yeah, the the draft was really, really exciting. Got some good young talent in. And like you hinted at, there have been some trade rumors involving our all-star, the guy that we love, DeJounte Murray, um, for a multitude of reasons. And we would be getting back a, like, godfather package.
1: A bunch of, a bunch of picks and hopefully a player. Um, and we've oh, talked God. ourselves in circus on this thing. I would love if we kept DeJounte. Yeah. I love him. I know you do, Oscar. Yeah, big time. He has been with the Spurs for a long time now, even though he's not even 26 yet.
0: Um, he might love already that. be my non- Tim Duncan or Manu, favorite spur. Oh, yeah, it's
1: big time. I think that goes to Boris Diaw for me.
0: But, <laughs> yes, sir. Uh,
1: the goat. Love him. Uh, But if we did trade him, like it, you, you can definitely see why it makes sense. I mean, if we get a haul back and we if we traded Dejounte Murray, the deal is we would be pretty bad. Very bad. We would be one of the worst teams in the league, probably. Um, and in the sweepstakes to try and maybe get the kid out of France Wimbanyama, which is really exciting or, you know, scoot at the G league. He's going to be coming out next year too. He's fantastic. Um, get one of these really top end talents, um, to kind of build around again, as well as the fact that we'd have all these first round picks. So you can definitely talk yourself into it here. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And I think that – I don't know how to phrase this. DJ just made the all-star team for the first time. He is one of those – he is a star. But the Spurs need to decide if they think that he can continue his trajectory or if he's going to be in the, like, 25 to 35 range of best players. And that's one of the worst players to have as your main guy because you give them the max – and then have no other room to work. Right. And uh, he's got two years left on his deal and is an unrestricted free agent at the end of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at players like what are some of the worst contracts we've seen in the league in the last couple of years? Russell Westbrook when he signed that max, not many people batted an eye really, um, and it's quickly turned into one of the worst contracts in the league. John Wall. Um, John Wall. Terrible contract. The, the Wizards are about to go through it again with Bradley, Bradley Beal. Beal. They, give him, they give him a max deal, even though like he may just ask to leave in a year.
0: Yeah, and it's really hard I mean, to work around that.
1: And Bradley Beal is not a top you know, 10 or 15 guy. He's outside of that.
0: Yeah, he's in that so, 25 to 35 range, which is probably where DeJounte ends if you pay up.
1: 50 million, if you pay him the $50 million a year, that by like automatically makes that one of the worst contracts in the league. Yeah. No matter, like, even though Bradley Beal is a good player, he's a fantastic player. He's just not, you know, not worth 50 million, even though that's probably what he's going to get.
0: Yeah. And so that's the concern with DeJounte. Uh And like I said, he is probably my third favorite spur ever. He has made the Spurs fun to watch in the last couple of years. And that's, that's hard to, oh. that was hard to do on these teams. Um, but going back to the draft, our average age is 23.4. I think the three guys that we drafted are all 19 yep. are the guy that we drafted last year. Josh Primo is 19. If we trade DeJounte and then have, it, it would be followed by trades of Jakob Pertle and Josh Richardson and Doug McDermott and those are all the old guys on the team, we would be quickly approaching Definitely. the 20 to 21 yeah. average age on the team, which is insane. Um,
1: yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we kept one or maybe, uh, honestly, actually here's probably what would happen is you probably would trade those guys. And then maybe we try to bring back a couple of maybe some veterans who have been spares before who aren't, you know, really good but can at least be older presences in the locker room and stuff like that. We'll have a couple of those guys when the season starts for sure.
0: And on a team like this, where you're trying to be bad, a lot of the times you do end up taking in those bad money contracts that other teams are trying to get rid of and quote unquote, buy picks from them. So they'd trade a couple first rounders and John Wall Russell Westbrook, whatever it is, right. to get off the contract. Gordon Hayward is a good example because the Hornets really want to get off that um, and give us a couple firsts in addition. I think if I had to bet of – if we start shipping guys out, I think if I had to bet on one guy sticking around, it's Josh Richardson, and that would just be till the trade deadline. So, That's I like the one too.
1: I want. I like Josh. Um, yeah, we're going to bring, we're going to fly Marco Bellinelli back in from where he <laughs> Give him, we're going to give him too much playing time. To he's going he's gonna to play like 25 minutes for us. Bryn Forbes is coming back. <laughs> uh,
0: so across the rest of the NBA, Kyrie and Russ have both, both opted into their player options with the Nets and Lakers respectively. Um, Russ was not very shocking. His was for forty nine million dollars or something like that. So I think
1: he was never going he, to decline
0: that. No option. one is declining that offer option. Kyrie got you know it got floated around that he'd be willing to play for less money. I don't know that that was ever going to be the case. Plus, he did talk about wanting to play with Kevin Durant at least one more year. Um, and then John Wall opted out of his contract with the Rockets. I think they're paying him like $35 million to play for the Clippers next year.
1: Yeah, he they, didn't opt out. Yeah, they
0: bought him out, right? Um, yeah. Um,
1: yeah, he'll be making a lot of money to play with the Clippers next, next year. And it's all coming from the Rockets.
0: And then our, quote, hometown team news, uh, it's been pretty heavily reported today that Jalen Brunson will be signing with the Knicks in free agency, uh, which is bad news for the Mavericks.
1: I have not been on social media and stuff like this, so I haven't seen it. Is it, like, pretty serious that he people are pretty sure he's going to the Knicks Yeah, now? Tim
0: McMahon reported that it is widely expected that he is... Signing a four-year, wow. north of hundred million dollar contract, uh, which is great for him. Mass yeah, fans, are fans
1: <laughs> and I—I'm sorry, there must be a team, and that does suck. But I got some close friends that are—we got some friends that are very big Mass fans, and I'd like to poke
0: fun. At them. <laughs> well, one of them, Wyatt, was going to come on and, and give his feelings, but he had uh, some other responsibilities tonight, so i, I can do a Wyatt impression.
1: For it. He, would say, he would say,
0: why the hell are you signing in New York when you can play for a contender in Dallas? <laughs> Which is a good point.
1: <laughs> it's a point. I, and, I, and I've told him the same thing that I'll tell you guys now. The only thing that makes sense to me is I think Jalen Brunson wants to be a bigger part of this team. And he's said before in interviews, and he's walked it back before, he's said like he liked... He liked being a bigger part when Luca was out and he liked getting ready for it in case for the day when he does become a bigger part of an offense. And that's just not gonna happen while Luca's around. So
0: Yeah, Luca's a maverick forever, hopefully. So
1: from that instance, it makes sense, but still it's
0: the Knicks. Yeah.
1: When was the last time a free agent went to the Knicks and killed it? It has to, it's mellow, right?
0: And even he like they made the second round of the playoffs a couple times.
1: Yeah, like that—that that was the last guy who went there and like succeeded, and that's what it looked like. So, I
0: mean, I guess you can count Julius Randall made the the second team one year. I don't think one year doesn't.
1: I need more. than And they games.
0: lost in five games in the first round of the Hawks last year. So,
1: right, um, they didn't barely put up a fight. Um, but I mean, the bottom line is this. Brunson going in the Knicks, that's questionable for him. For the Knicks, though, like, what's their ceiling now? <laughs> yeah.
0: Is it, is so, that, that I, much yeah, the, the other thing, sort of tying it back to San Antonio, I saw another tweet saying that sources around the league think that the Knicks are not done, that if they complete the sign, signing of Brunson, they might go after DeJounte and make a – quote-unquote, superstar backcourt. And I, <laughs>
1: <laughs> superstar I backcourt. I don't
0: know. Murray and Jalen Brunson. And, and then you add R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett has the highest ceiling on that team by far. I think that he could be a top 15 or 20 player in the league if all things shake the right way. He but even so... Time putting them with him. He's got to be like a high usage guy and Julius Randall, who likes to be a high usage guy. Like what are they doing? I don't know. I have no idea. On the Maps side, this really sucks because they are hard caps. And if Brunson leaves the, the money that they could have used to sign Brunson can't be used on anyone else.
1: Right. Yeah. It's kind of funky the way that it works, it, but yeah, they basically they, they either sign Brunson for a ton of money or they sign nobody. Yeah. Just lose Brunson, so yeah, you know, it's tough. It's tough out here right now for the Mavericks. We'll see. It hasn't happened yet.
0: It has not it's happened either.
1: yet. Uh, what date is free agency open? Thursday. Thursday, Thursday is Thursday. when
0: the quote legal tampering period happens.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So you know you can hold that hope. Hold out some
0: hope. I was very positive at the beginning of the day when Wyatt was texting me. Then Tim McMahon and some more serious reporters started talking about it. And uh, I'm not, uh, I, I think that it's a pretty much foregone conclusion that he is a I dick. Think, yeah, I think has
1: yeah. gone. I think has gone. But, you know, we'll see. And the other the other thing is like Jalen Brunson, if he if you give him the keys to a team, like I asked some people this the other day, is Jalen Brunson like what's his ceiling as the if he has the keys to an offense, is he an all star?
0: Like maybe, maybe like not guaranteed. He had two 40 point games in the playoffs with Luca out. Like he went all he went off this this year's playoffs. Uh, I don't know how sustainable that is, especially on a team like the Knicks where there's not like on the Mavs, it was a spread out offense. Like everyone operated around the perimeter on the Knicks. Like they got some clunkers in there. They got some guys that (laughs) sit in the paint. Yeah.
1: We'll see. We'll see how this works out, but it's a questionable move for all involved.
0: One last Mavs thought tying it back to the draft. They, uh, technically used their 26th overall pick in the draft to trade for Christian Wood. So they didn't make the pick, but they, they got Christian Wood in that spot. Um, And I think that that's pretty impactful add to the team. Adds a a big that fits with Luca that should fit with Luca pretty well.
1: I, my only qualm is I used to be a bigger Christian Wood fan ever since like, and granted it was on the Rockets. So, you know, they sucked last year, but the man threw a lot of tantrums last year. That's exactly what it wasn't like. It was not being angry. It was straight up tantrums. And Uh, that's
0: going back to Detroit. That's going back to college. That's going back to junior college. Like this has been an issue with him. However, he's never played for a team anywhere close to as good as the Mavericks and the Mavs seem to have a pretty good culture under Jason Kidd last year, so that's
1: yeah. It's just it's a matter of if he can, like he doesn't seem like he's the best at controlling his emotions. And if I'm Luca, and I all of a sudden I see Christian Wood throwing a tantrum, like I'm not putting up with that. So yeah.
0: you know, yeah. And then the Mavs traded up. Uh, they they didn't have another pick in the draft, but they used a future second and some cash or something like that. It doesn't really matter to select Jalen Terry, Jaden Hardy. I don't know Jayden why Hardy. a different name. Uh, yeah, Jaden Hardy, 37th overall.
1: Uh, which is a good pick, which <laughs> I'm going to make fun of Wyatt here for a second because uh, he's not here to defend himself. Um, he said, Wyatt said the exact thing that everyone will say about every single second-round pick, and it's, it's great. It's, you know, it's exactly, he's a good player. He might, he could be great. Um, You know, it's low risk, high reward. And I was just like, okay, buddy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) The the pro here is that he was a highly ranked recruit and then chose the G league and didn't perform up to expectations. The Mavs have a good recent history of turning second round guards into something. Jalen Brunson. Um, and so if they do end yeah. up losing Brunson and Spencer Dinwiddie slides into the starting rotation, that opens up a lot of backup guard minutes for, uh, Hardy, if, if you want them.
1: And I do think he's a good player. So yep. I'd like to pick up.
0: I think that's, uh, that's enough basketball. You want to talk? Maybe we had NFL. NFL? Yeah. All right. Uh, found out earlier 75 days till the first Sunday of NFL football that's crazy anyway. man
1: oh. and for those of you counting out there it's 60 days until our fantasy draft so
0: uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> this is when Sam turns into full grind mode and fantasy
1: <laughs> it was about three weeks
0: ago. Uh, so that makes it seventy-two days until the first game. The Bucks and the Bills, yes. the Rams yes. and the. I'm not sure. It's it's a good game. Always Honestly, is. I'm not Sure. But... Uh, more of a downer in terms of news. Deshaun Watson. Uh. Yeah his first day of court proceedings happened. Uh, the NFL is investigating his, the allegations against him. We've talked about those a lot. Uh, and a suspension is looming and people think that it is going to be for at least a year.
1: Right. And the design, the Sean stuff is important because it's, I don't know. Players tend to get away with stuff, um, more often than not. And, you know, it's not our, it's not me or Oscar's place here, certainly, uh, to pass judgment or to say to have to say our opinions without influencing um, anyone else on our opinions. I think um, everyone can can make their own, their own decision uh, based on the evidence that we've seen so far, the information we have. Um, all I'll say is, um, what the NFL does here with the suspension does set a lot of precedent moving forward. Yeah, because like I said. In the past, the NFL has been really bad, and particularly the NFL. It feels like about yeah. letting players get away with stuff because they're good at football, and trying to sweep it under the rug and hoping that people just forget about it. And the sad thing is, for the most part, people, people do. Yeah, sweep it under the rug, move on. He's he can run fast and catch the ball. Who cares what he did? And it's it's one of the more disgusting parts of this this sport. Um, so again, you know, it's it's not for me or Oscar to say if we think Deshaun is guilty or not, or, or or innocent or anything like that. Um, but I hope I hope that the NFL is doing a gen, an actual um, investigation into this stuff because uh, it doesn't seem like the, the Browns did. No, um, not at all. I hope, I hope that they are doing their best to find out um, if these women were victim, victims to try and do right by them. And um, if it turns out that Deshaun was innocent, they'd do right by him. So whatever it ends up being, um, this is a very important thing for any football fan. Super
0: important. Like like maybe the most important right now uh, because it affects the Browns and it affects their superstar quarterback and – It affects the Texans. The Texans were just named as a defendant in one of the remaining lawsuits. So Deshaun settled 20 plus of them. There are four remaining and the Texans were just named as a defendant. So that means we're being sued for, I think, negligence and for. According to evidence.
1: Just saying that you have you the Texans have yes. some culpability yeah. if this stuff did happen in the fact that he was getting
0: it. yep and I hope that if if we did have uh, responsibility for some of his actions that we are enforce the penalty that we deserve
1: uh... yeah and it, it affects the players yeah. too. the players the players have to be watching this very closely because unfortunately there's a lot of players in this league that aren't not everyone in this league is a great person. Yeah, There's a lot of people in this league that probably think they can get get away with a lot. I mean, it's the same with anyone in, a, a lot of people in positions of power um or or famous people. Like you're not always the greatest person and you know at any time that suspensions are, are rightfully handed um I think it makes a lot of people think twice about doing this kind of thing. Yeah. Right? So, absolutely. Really important for the sport right now. I hope, I hope you guys care about this stuff because it's, it's, it matters.
0: Um, yeah, more football-related, uh, the Browns, if Deshaun is suspended for a year, their only backup plans on their roster right now are Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield. And it's more likely than not that Baker's traded uh, and he made that clear in a quote today. I think he said they're going to have to reach out if they want me to come back, but it's it's pretty likely we go our separate ways or something like that.
1: Uh, I really doubt he plays for the again.
0: I've been going back and forth on this. I, I t- talked to my dad about this recently. I, Where is he going to start otherwise? The Seahawks. The Panthers. Do the Seahawks want to win this year. I don't know. I don't know. But um And the Browns are the best it, best roster of those three. I agree.
1: I think Jacoby reset starts with them though. I don't think they're re- reconciling that relationship.
0: Yeah, more than likely, yeah.
1: Uh I, I mean Baker could look at it and like, okay, I left on bad notes, people don't have the highest opinion on me. Let me go out there, have a great year and then
0: I'll leave. And people will actually want to have me then. Exactly. That's that's my thinking here is the last images of Baker Mayfield have left a really sour taste in people's mouths. Why not prove that he's better than that? Because I do believe he is better than that and play for a team that a lot of the Cleveland fans are angry with their franchise right now for putting up with this Deshaun Watson stuff for paying him, the most guaranteed money ever in a football contract for not doing their full research, and if Baker was to come out and make them even more angry at the franchise and they they'd rally behind Baker. I don't know i I think that that could be if he plays well, if he decides to say uh, I could see the rationale there.
1: Oh, I think it's the best. If Deshaun Watson's suspended for the entire year, I think it's the best move for both teams if they can figure it out yeah. to put Baker out there. Um, it's just going to be interesting. I think Baker Baker seems to me like a big ego yeah. guy, and this definitely has not been great for his ego. So we'll see.
0: Yeah, uh, the Texans have the Browns' first round pick next year. So if Deshaun doesn't play, uh, that means better a, a better pick most likely, unless Baker does tear it up. Next year, uh, so that's that's.
1: I'll I'll be honest. I think the Browns roster is really good, and even if Jacoby Brissett plays, and I'll talk about him a little bit later too. Like I'm not totally out on this team. Like I don't I don't I'm not saying that they're definitely going to be in the playoffs or anything like that. But I don't
0: think they're a bad team. They're not a bad team. I think the difference between playing Deshaun and Jacoby or Baker is. 10 or 11 wins versus like seven or eight.
1: Yeah, That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh,
0: should we have one
1: last or we got, Oh, Oh, sorry. I,
0: yeah. Yeah. One last line here. Uh, a bunch of wide receivers have made money this off season. Uh, Tyree Kill, Devonte Adams, AJ Brown, uh, Terry McLaurin just made a bunch of money today. Christian Kirk, your boy. Christian Kirk. Um, There's a whole list out there. I think a couple of people aggregated it today. So if you want to see, uh, but how crazy for wide receiver to go from like the, on average, like seventh or eighth highest paid position on the roster to like third in the last like year or two
1: of nuts. It's been nuts, but I mean, the reasoning behind it is clearly um, I mean, look at the teams that signed a lot of these wide receivers. Devontae Adams went to the Raiders, who's their quarterback, Derek Carr. Uh, Tyreek Hill went to the Miami Dolphins, who's their quarterback. Tua. Tua. Um, A lot of these teams that paid huge money for these wide receivers, A.J. Brown, to the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, um, their quarterbacks are not like these stud quarterbacks in the league. Yep. The most important thing in football is always going to be quarterback play. Yeah, and the next step short of of making getting a good quarterback is giving him a good offensive line and a good and good receivers. Those are the two things. Yeah,
0: and if you're trying to figure out if your quarterback's any good, putting a good offensive line and some good receivers in front of them makes it so they have no excuses.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, these players get paid because and, – and right now it's, it's worth noting, too, that the league is more pass-heavy than it's ever been. Wide receivers are more and more and more a part of, a part of everyone's offense. And um, a lot of these teams that are making deeper runs into the playoffs inevitably have a stud wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking the top of my head, Rams with Cooper Cup. Uh, Bucks won la- uh, the year before that with Mike Evans. Um, the Bills, Stephon Diggs. Chiefs had Tyree Hill for a while. The Chiefs will be interesting because now they're the ones that have zigged when everyone zagged. They let go of Tyree
0: Hill. Yeah, but they still have Travis Kelsey.
1: They still, that's true. And he does count as an elite, elite receiver. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of these teams have a stud wide receiver that they can count on at any point in the game.
0: To make a play for their quarterback.
1: Yep. And I think it's a necessary thing if you want to be good. Absolutely.
0: I think it really is. Kind of interesting too, considering there are so many good wide receivers. There's a wide receiver on pretty much every team that I would say, yeah, I'm comfortable with them as my wide receiver one. Uh, maybe not the Jags. No, maybe not. But
1: that's the first one that come came to my mind. But you know. I also, like you know, the Atlanta Falcons, but you know Drake London is a rookie. That's the only reason Kyle I. Kyle Pitts, that. I don't know. Yeah, Kyle. Kyle Pitts is good. Kyle Pitts is real good. It's true. Um, one of our listeners just said Jalen Hurts better ball out. No excuses. I agree. It's. It, I know, agree. Oscar said that point about like you put a good offensive line, you put a good receiver in there. There are no excuses. Um, yeah. So you know we'll, we we will get to see what we we'll we'll, we'll see what. Jalen Hurts and Tua and Derek Carr are capable of this year.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. The good thing for the Eagles, at least, uh, they are the they are in a good spot with Jalen Hurts. If he steps forward, great. But if not, they've got multiple firsts next year. Like they're not going to be bad enough by themselves, but they could probably package together enough assets to go up and get one of the top rookies next year.
1: Right. And there's, it's a pretty good QB draft coming up. Um, And I'll say this about the Eagles Um, as much as I hate to say it being a Cowboys fan, like they are set up really well on that in that department right now, because they still have a good offensive line. Jalen hurts. I think has shown flashes of being really, really at least competent. Um, and, And being a special runner, especially. Now and they brought in AJ Brown, who's a stud. He's really good. He's going to get a ton of targets. I think he's going to. I think he's going to get targeted like 130 times this year, if not more, by Jalen Hurts, Sheesh. which is. Awesome. And and then who do we have as the wide receiver too? Which I used air quotes. You can't see me, but I did. Devonte or Devonta? Yeah, that's nuts, Devante,
0: man. He, he's a really good receiver. And Devante, their tight end is Dallas Goddard. He quietly has been
1: fantastic since he got drafted. I feel like he doesn't get enough credit for that, but you know, that's a dangerous offense to say the least. Um, so they're they're looking cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, it's tough. I hear this a bunch, but it's tough contrasting the I think consensus two best teams in the NFC East, the Cowboys and the Eagles, because it's real like is it more impactful to have the better quarterback or the better surrounding roster? Not saying the Cowboys surrounding roster is bad, but you compare the two. Actually,
1: here's what I'll say as far as uh, the, the difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys right now, the biggest one to me, is the Eagles have positive momentum. The Cowboys have negative momentum. I think the Cowboys roster has gotten worse in the offseason. I think the Eagles have gotten significantly better. And I think that that matters. I really do. So, um,
0: you want to hear well, my uh, my biggest difference in the roster standpoint? Go ahead. The Eagles are paying three million dollars for their starting running back. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Don't get me started. Oh. oh yeah, just got three more years I, of that, baby. Just three more.
1: I do not like that man. For anyone who has who hasn't heard me rant about Ezekiel Elliott and the, and the amount of money that the Cowboys have given that man and are continuing to give him, let's just say I do not. I am not a fan of it. Well, you weren't
0: uh, a fan from day one because you wanted the Cowboys to draft Jalen Ramsey, right?
1: No, yeah, that we started off bad with that. All right, the drafting him back, what fourth overall?
0: Speaking you know, of the draft. Let's get into our, like I said, two months post-draft. We had some time to think, some time to reassess. Uh, Give me your draft grade for how you feel coming out of the Jaguars 2022 NFL draft.
1: I've had time to sit with it, to think about it. And you know what? I feel pretty good about it. I I'm all the way in on Trayvon Walker. Okay. I, I like that. And it's because he's a Jaguar and he's on the team. and I have to be, but he's like the
0: most athletic defensive end prospect ever.
1: Have you seen a picture or a video of that guy? Yeah. Just like standing.
0: Yeah. Not even doing anything.
1: He's a massive human being, truly massive. Um,
0: one of our listeners just said B minus for the Jags grid. I I would asked you for a grade.
1: Oh, you did. You did ask me. I I'll give him a B. I won't give him a B minus. I'll give him a B.
0: <laughs> okay. Positivity here on the We Like the Pain podcast.
1: Trayvon Walker, he may not have been who I would have chosen at one. Like I will admit
0: that. Yeah. But <laughs> I knew the butt was coming.
1: <laughs> like I, I can't help myself now. Like I'm all the way in. Um,
0: That's fandom right there for you.
1: Yeah, I, I just I um I, all I all I see is little like five second videos of this guy running around, like like doing a drill, do one single drill and stuff like that. I'm like, oh my god, oh my goodness, it just exciting. And to be fair, uh, Devin Lloyd. Yeah. I I really like Devin Lloyd. I think he was a, a really stellar uh, linebacker at Utah all year, and um, you know, linebacker might not have been our biggest position of need, but I'm okay. With he doubled
0: down. Him we doubled down. We went him and
1: that, Muma later, um, which I I still did like. Good again, good player.
0: Very good players.
1: I'm on the defense, but like, you know.
0: I'm sort of confused by the double down along with the signing of Aluokun in free agency. It's a lot of assets for a position that I normally wouldn't invest in that heavily too, but all good players.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, I don't think we reached for any of those players or anything like that. And on
0: a rostered... More or less devoid of talent, like having a good player is having a good player.
1: Exactly, exactly. And it's not like linebackers aren't useful. But we have holes on this team. Yeah. Significant holes. Yeah. Um, offensive line is a question mark. Yeah.
0: Not
1: fully figured out. I, you know, Our cornerbacks are definitely not figured out.
0: One of your rookies is going to start on the offensive line, right, that you drafted in like the fourth or fifth round.
1: Um Luke Fortner will probably out of Kentucky, start.
0: right? Yeah,
1: yeah. He's out of Kentucky. He will probably start. Uh, he was a day two pick. Um it's not it's that's not, not terrible. Okay. That, that's not awful. Day yeah,
0: two? Okay. that's
1: not awful. That's not bad. Um yeah, I you know, I'm I'm just certainly not disenchanted by the draft that we had, which is saying a lot for the Jags. Sure yeah. is. Draft
0: well, okay? have, some, uh, have some poor last history. Year, last year we had the
1: benefit of drafting Trevor Lawrence so everyone was like, no matter what happens, they had a good draft. Now it'll, it's a real question mark. We took, a, we took a big swing at one and we'll see if it pays off or not because if, if Trayvon Walker doesn't work out, we're going to look like morons.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think like you said, benefit of the doubt on the Jags as a whole is that you have Trevor Lawrence and Here's my bold take. I think by the end of this year, people will consider Trevor Lawrence a top 15 quarterback. Wow. I would love it. I think he'll play a lot better for sure. I think, I think we will. I, you saw glimpses every once in a while. That game 17 or 18 against the Colts. He looked great.
1: I agree. But I mean, and let's be fair though. Let's be very clear. He was bad yeah, last year. For sure. Season. Like, he yeah, was bad.
0: If um, Davis I, Mills finishes I, the year better in most statistical categories than you, uh, you had a bad year. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Um, but,
1: hey, if that happens, if he ends up as a top you know, 15 quarterback, I, then our season is a win. Yep. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. That's – Yeah,
0: because you're not trying to make the playoffs yet. Like, if you do, phenomenal. But – as long as you see a steady improvement, you know, maybe to the seven win range, you're happy, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Six, seven wins. If,
1: like all I need for a successful season, we can we can be one of the worst teams in the league again, honestly. If I see a improvement from Trevor Lawrence and, and great right, from uh,
0: Trevor Walker,
1: from, as well as continued dominance from Josh Allen, I'm in. Yeah, that's fine. If that's all I see, then that's great. The, um, the
0: good thing for you is the Jags have invested in the positions that are the most exciting to watch. So you get to watch the quarterback and the running back and the two edge guys just and nothing else matters.
1: Yeah. Plus Christian yep. Kirk's my dude. Him, a- baby. Love that. And you know, um one of one of our listeners mentioned giving Kirk, that contract is interesting. So I'll just say a little bit about that. I have I have come to terms with it, and I, I'm actually not that upset about it. I really don't think it's that ridiculous of a uh, contract anymore. Kirk is a good player, but also it's worth remembering. Wide receivers are just getting paid more and more and more. And um, it, it's also worth noting that his contract, when it initially came out, was a different number than what it actually is going to be paid. Like a
0: hugely different number.
1: Right. Um, and so, you know, it's one of those deals where it's like with quarterbacks. It's like with quarterbacks. Every single time every single time that a team agonizes, we did it with Dak, agonizes over paying a quarterback a bunch of money. They pay him, and then about three years later, they're like the sixth highest paid quarterback. So yeah. it's not that big a deal. It really isn't.
0: Yeah, and one thing positive about Christian Kirk, got to always give the dude props he didn't get played in the right position in Arizona until this year. He was, he was used on the outside for four years and finally got to play the slot this year. and was great. He was the only Arizona receiver that stayed okay. After D hop went out.
1: Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see him. Um, he's still pretty young. He is talented. I have faith. Um, Anyway, we can get into the Texans now. How how, do you, how are you feeling right now?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll do a couple things before I give my draft grade. First of all, Marcus also asked if Carson Wentz is going to be good, and I will just give one one word answer, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll talk about it. I'll talk about it in a little okay.
0: bit. Okay. Uh, Sam and I did a quarterback rankings episode a couple months ago, and he was in my hell tier. I had a, I had a tier with – it was like him and uh, Marcus Mariota and someone else. <laughs> All right, Texans. He said, who even plays for the Texans these days? Andre Johnson. No, man, he retired uh, like eight years ago at this point. But love the dude. <laughs> my favorite player pretty much ever. Uh, and then the other thing I want to do before I give my draft grade, Sydney, my lovely girlfriend, asked for a shout-out. So got to gotta shout her out. Uh She, she and I just celebrated two years together. So that's, that's big.
1: It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Thank you, sir.
0: Now to more important things. Uh, (laughs) The Texans, (laughs) I think, get an A in this draft. I'm, I would say that they consistently drafted around where the player's value was, which is a big step uh, compared to prior years and I will include Titus Howard in that list um, and drafted positions of need drafted athletes drafted a lot of guys that I'm really excited about. Um, so I, I give them an A, which is tough, which is uh, which probably means that they're going to be really bad. I <laughs>
1: A year from now, just be like, wow. Yeah. Can-
0: wow, Derek Stingley does not look like he is a NFL corner. <laughs> uh, speaking to him and the other guys that we drafted towards the top, it was him and then Kenyon Green at 15 at a Texas A&M gig him. and then uh, John Mechie in the middle of the second round, the receiver at Alabama. None of them have been able to go full – in training camp yet uh, all three coming off of some sort of surgery so we're taking a slow with them um but from what i've seen all three of them look like they're having a good time so that's all that really matters uh, i'd prefer unless davis mills takes a ginormous step forward next year I don't really care if we win any games as long as the guys look like there's some sort of culture there.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Um, the one thing I'll say on the draft is I did like you guys' draft. I thought the Kenyon Green pick was a tiny bit it was of a draft. It was a little tiny.
0: bit of a reach. I think Zion Johnson was the higher dra- higher projected guard. But he, if if either of those guys went somewhere in the 18 to Twenty. If if Kenyon went somewhere in the eighteen to twenty range, people wouldn't bet an eye. It was you know three to five picks higher. Right, right.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I, it, and it's. I mean, if their if their goal was, hey, we are putting emphasis on the offensive line. We want a guard here. That's what we're taking. And we're in the Kenyon's the best. Great. If they were drafting from a let's do best player available. We have a ton of holes on this team.
0: I'm Should honest. have stuck at 13 and drafted Kyle Hamilton if that was the case. Agreed. I think Agreed. that they Agreed. knew that they were gonna draft Jalen Petrie in the second round, early second round, uh and thought him equal or not equal, but close enough to Kyle Hamilton that they could take the swing on the guard earlier.
1: I agree. I think that's exactly why they did it. Um and I do like Petrie, so yeah, uh, you know both of my yeah. A
0: Texans. Both my teams, Texans, Spurs, drafting Baylor guys pretty high, so mm-hmm. that's Very big. Cool. Other training camp stories: supposedly Nico Collins is just showing out in training camp right now, so I'm I'm all about it. He was the other third round pick that we drafted last year. Last year's draft, I came out of feeling awful because uh, we traded up to draft two third third round third-rounders in Davis Mills and Nico Collins, and I was not super stoked about either one of them. A year later, I feel pretty good about it. So that's exciting. So do you
1: believe it? You think Nico Collins is going to be a big deal this year?
0: Uh, Probably not. (laughs) Okay,
1: I'm going to put you on the hot hot seat here. Give me a prediction of yards. 800. By the 100. Eight hundred. Okay. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. That's because
0: Brandon good. Cooks is going to get one hundred forty targets for sure.
1: Oh yeah, he's, he's going to be fantastic.
0: Uh, speaking to uh, Marcus earlier, that's someone that's f- famous ish on the Texans. Brandon Cooks. He's pretty good.
1: Oh, he's yeah. fantastic. So perennially uh, underrated.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, so he'll he'll get like hundred forty targets being the twelve hundred to fifteen hundred yard range. And then I think Nico Collins is probably the wide receiver too. Uh I could see John Mechie taking over in the in the pecking order later in the season, but he's coming off a major ACL injury, so
1: I wouldn't assume so. I kind of assume it will be Nico that's two and then you'll see flashes for Mechie, but I think it'll take a, take a year. Yeah. Get legs back underneath him. Espe- especially when I-, I would assume you would take it slow with a guy like that, especially when you're in a, you're on a team where,
0: you know, the objective is not. We do not need to win. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Okay. Yeah. So I-, I assume they'll take it slow with him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is fun. And then the last thing that I wrote down here and I've I've spoken to it earlier and it sort of goes back to our conversation about when you have a good offensive line and good receivers it means there's no excuses for the quarterback. Davis Mills by some metrics looked all right last year and watching the games you know the eye test wasn't awful And so it's hard for me to be like, I'm out. Let's draft a quarterback next year. We're going to be bad. Let's draft Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. But at the same time, I don't know that Davis Mills is ever going to be better than like a top 18 or so quarterback in the league. And I don't think you can win with that.
1: I mean, I have a pretty strong opinion. I think that unless Davis Mills plays at like a Pro Bowl level, I think it's fine to move on from him. Okay. I I did not see enough from him last year, and I don't. I really doubt that I am going to see enough from him this year to make me think if I if if the Texans are in a position to do so that I should skip over Stroud, Young, those guys, um, because I think that the ceiling on those guys is really high.
0: Yeah. The the only counter that I'll give you, and I know you really like this guy, so you might take it, is Will Anderson will also be at the top of the board next year, which is awesome. And he's like a immediate, you know, ten or twelve sack guy in the NFL. Take back to what I
1: said earlier: quarterback is the most important
0: position. Fair enough. What is the
1: best? What is the best advantage you can have as a football team? having a stud quarterback yep. and Davis Mills, I'm confident saying he's never going to be a stud. stud.
0: Yep. Yep. I agree. Uh, um, freezing, but I do think again, going back to earlier that we have now built out this offense to give him some protection and give him some good weapons. Uh, so if, if he doesn't take the leap forward, there's no excuse. Cause I, I think that between Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, we've got a very decent tackle combo and then we just drafted Kenyon green to play our left guard. And uh, the rest of the offensive line is not very good, but that's okay. And then we, we talked about our receiving options and then also drafted uh, Damian Pierce to play running back. I'm, I'm, It's going to be really cool watching him play second, third
1: fiddle. Sorry. It's a (laughs) Rex.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yep. (laughs) On that note, let's get into fantasy corner. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, It's exciting times. If you haven't started getting ready for fantasy season, you are behind. I'll tell you that looking at Connor Calhoun. I know he hasn't done shit yet uh, to get ready for it. Um, It doesn't matter though. Um, I think we should start with the Houston Jacksonville fantasy options because I don't think there are no no. Uh, I'll go ahead and do the Jacksonville side. Christian Kirk, I think, is going to be a serviceable uh, wide receiver on a, on not
0: not on a weekly basis. I think right he here. could be your weekly wide receiver three. Yeah,
1: he could be. A, he could. De- he can definitely be a top thirty six wide receiver. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I like him a lot. Um, I, you know, I'm tempted to have him on my team in, in leagues because I'm a bit of a homer with the Jags and all that. Um,
0: and with the Aggies.
1: With the Aggies, too. Um, and I'm excited to just, like, see if this all works. Um, but I, I think Christian Kirk will be a very, like, a valuable asset to have in fantasy. Um, as far as the other Jacksonville Jaguars go, Trevor Lawrence, I'm not drafting just because, like, he didn't show enough – he didn't show it to me consistently enough last year for me to take a swing that, that – with some different guys like Trey Lance.
0: In that more same more, range that are better. mainly because
1: he's got, he's got more rushing ability and, you know, he's better. Um, and then Travis Etienne. That, that's kind of the big one right now is what the heck is he going to look like coming off of that Liz Frank injury. Um, missed the entire rookie year. James Robinson is going to be out. Is going to miss at least a little bit of time, at the very least, if not significant.
0: Uh, I I'm saw gonna... at, he comes back at the earliest in mid October.
1: Right. Yeah. So he's going at least going to miss a handful of games. Um, I think Etn is going to be really good. I do. I agree. Um, and I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to pepper him with targets too. And I'm and I'm pretty in on him, even when James Robinson comes back. Um, that being said, he's being drafted pretty high, pretty rich. Um, yeah, I just you know if he breaks it, the, the the question is is when James Robinson comes back, does the usage usage stay high? If if Travis Etienne gets two hundred plus carries. I think he's going to be drafted a lot higher next year.
0: Yes. One hundred percent. I'll tell you right now, the early end of where he's being drafted, at least in our league, is like the end of the third round, beginning of the fourth. And we, we can preface that with it's a keeper league, so those numbers are juiced. Yeah, up. those are those are higher than in other leagues. I am definitely considering taking him with my End of the third round pick.
1: Right, I I have a pick in that area too. It's definitely been on my mind. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, he is an exciting player, yeah. and there's a reason why he they took him first round. They shouldn't have, but there's a reason they did. He's very talented, and I'm excited to see him play. I think he, I, I genuinely believe that next year he will be seen as a top 15 fantasy running back.
0: I agree with that for sure.
1: So so it could be very fortuitous to draft him now, especially in keeper leagues.
0: Yeah. Uh the uh,
1: Yeah, what about the Texans?
0: The Texans, so the only guy that you have to draft early is Brandon Cooks, and wherever he's being drafted, I am in on taking him cuz he's always being drafted too low. People agreed. And you know, there's some there's some merit to this think that because he's on the Texans, he's bad. They just go into their drafts thinking that Uh, Brandon cooks breaks that stigma. He is. I said this earlier, I said this on Twitter at some point, bold prediction. He could very well end as a top five fantasy wide receiver this year. If, if Davis mills takes enough of a leap. Very well, he's got to score touchdowns. is the only thing there. But he's going to – we talked about it. He's going to be like a 140-target, thirteen, twelve hundred 1,200-yard guy. Like, you're pretty close when you're in that range of numbers. Um, I think wide receiver, top five
1: wide receiver is a – I would be shocked.
0: I would be shocked. Exactly. It's a bold prediction. He'll for sure finish in the yeah. top 15, though. So so nice. he's he's being under drafted. Everyone else, I think the running backs get drafted, Marlon Mack and Damian Pierce get drafted in like the 10th to 14th round range. One of those guys is going to be serviceable as a spot start, uh so I'm I'm fine taking those guys and then everyone else on the team doesn't get drafted. So you don't <laughs> I, I talked up Nico Collins earlier. If you really want to go after him, you can you can snag him late. Uh, oh, Rex Burkhead had a good week. <laughs> he had one really good week. So, but it was really, really good. <laughs> I think less than one percent of people in fantasy started Rex Burkhead when he had two hundred yards versus the Chargers.
1: <laughs> yep, that 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 adds up. Um, yeah. It, the options aren't that great on these teams.
0: Yeah. That's why we're you bad. That's why we both drafted in the exactly, top three.
1: Exactly. The the main two though is Brandon Cooks absolutely and Travis Etienne. Those are the guys.
0: Yeah. Um and I would draft both those guys at cost right now.
1: It goes I would too. It goes it goes to a you know, a tried and true um rule with fantasy football. If you chase after volume, you will be rewarded. Yeah. And those guys are going to touch the football a lot.
0: Yeah, because they're the best players on their teams. So
1: you can guarantee if you if you believe a wide receiver is going to get over 115 targets, you should draft him.
0: Yeah, and that's a that's that's a reason to draft Christian Kirk also. Yeah,
1: if you think if you think a running back is going to get a ton of touches, 300 touches, you should absolutely draft him or 250 touches. Draft that guy because that matters. Um, And then um, another the other rule now that I'm talking about things that i just kind of go by generally is I was think about the other day and i came to a realization that was kind of stupid i realized but it's it, it it matters draft draft guys that are on good offenses yeah like i i'm i'm kind of tired of the whole like he's a he's in a bad offense but he can break through like brandon cooks always does sure but you know, is any, anyone surprised when, you know,
0: Alan Robinson all of a sudden he's on the bears and they suck and he sucks. Like, yeah, it sort of depends if it's a guy that's getting a ton of volume anyway, then fine. But if it's a, going back to the Texans, it's going to be a bad offense. If you're trying to find more value on the Texans, other than Brandon cooks, you're going to be shit out of luck. Like there's, don't chase the guy that could break out. Don't chase Nico Collins and John Mechie. Cause the Texans have a hole next to Brandon cooks. Should we get to our last segment of fantasy uh, and close this thing out? I think we should. All right. So we're going to do see. this, you know, in most episodes, I think it's, we're going to call it ins and outs, just people that we're in on and out on, uh, in the draft. Give me like one or two of each so far in drafts.
1: Okay. Ooh. Guys that I've, I'm going to do not even like my biggest guys, like my guys, I'm going to do the ones, the ones that I'm in on that make me kind of feel like gross for admitting it. Okay. Okay. First one, first one I'll talk about.
0: Is Amari Cooper. Oh no. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Oh, I can't I can't get behind this, Sam. Oh, let me explain
1: myself. Let me explain myself. It's disgusting. And this is, I'm talking about I'm talking about I'm uh, under the assumption Deshaun Watson is out for the season. Right. Baker Mayfield does not play. So I'm assuming I'm assuming Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback in this situation. Right. I'm finding myself in on Amari Cooper because First of all, Jacoby, the Jacoby Bassette thing. He is a competent quarterback. He's not the worst quarterback starting next year. No, he can ball, and I think they're going to target Amari Cooper a lot. Okay, I think he's going to like we were talking about volume earlier. I think he's going to get like a hundred and thirty targets. Yeah. And if Amari Cooper gets 130 targets and isn't utilized like he was with the Cowboys, which was wrong. Which was bad, yeah. He's going to be really good. I mean, we are, what, a year removed from Amari Cooper being a every year wide receiver one? Yes. I don't know. I I mean, I was super out on him, and and I'm starting to think about it, and it's just, I don't know. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be good for fantasy this year.
0: I'm gonna let you draft him at, at where he's been drafted right now. I'm I'm not gonna take that swing.
1: I mean, let me let me name some let me name some players around. Travis Etienne.
0: I'm drafting uh, Travis Etienne over Amari Cooper. Galen I'm Waddle. drafting Jalen Waddle over Amari Cooper. I am not. I'll fight you on that one. Jalen
1: Waddle's way too high. Way too high. DJ Moore.
0: I can see that. Jerry Judy. I, I, I would draft Amari Cooper.
1: Chris Guy. Yeah, he's going to be out. Exactly. Um, Cortland Sutton. Oh,
0: that's. I think I'd take Cortland Sutton.
1: Interesting. And and then a couple of QBs. The QBs right next to him are Lamar Jackson. I mean,
0: Terry McLaurin's is being drafted in that range. I'm drafting Terry McLaurin over.
1: Oh, he's he's like 10 picks ahead of him.
0: Oh okay. Mine's...
1: Yeah, it's like a different round.
0: Okay. Okay. Give me someone you're out on.
1: Okay. Okay. I mean besides Jalen <laughs> I'll Skip that one. I'm out on it, though. Um, I'm, oh, man. I'm trying to think of someone who's really good who's who I'm out on.
0: Let's see, someone someone near the top. I'm kind of Ooh, Travis just said MVS hot take over uh, 1,100 yards. Ooh, I I like that. I like it. Patrick Mahomes got to throw to somebody.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And I guess you're saying it's not going to be Juju too much.
0: I think Juju and Travis Kelsey fill too much of the same role.
1: Mm, That could be totally true. That could be totally true. All right, here's someone that I'm out on. I'm kind of finding myself out on David Montgomery.
0: Yeah, I've never drafted him once in my life, and I never will.
1: And, you know, I was in on him at the beginning of this process. The Bears offensive line stinks. He's at a point in, in our main league where I could potentially draft him. Right. At the turn of the second and third round. And... Like you said, the
0: Bears' offense is awful. Their, their offensive line stinks.
1: Their offense in general is a big question. I mean, I, I, th- I personally think Justin Fields is going to look good this year. And okay. I like I like Darnell Mooney yeah. a lot. But other than that, they kind of stink. Yeah. And I'm just – I don't know that I want to hitch my wagon to someone in the second to third round, a running back, that very well could – I could see him falling down to, like, running back,
0: you know, 20. Later than that, I could see – I could – yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, an,
1: it's a new system in place. Matt, uh, Matt Nagy's gone, and, you know, David Montgomery's not their guy. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm having a very hard time picking him. Yeah, especially with some of the other people around him. Um, I mean, some of these people are being kept, but like Terry McLaurin, he, he is there, and I'm—I love Terry. Yeah, Terry's gonna be really good this year. Um, you know, there's just—it's. I'm having a very tough time dealing with Dave Montgomery, even though I think that, like we that um, that volume that we talked about, I think he's gonna get a lot of touches.
0: Yeah, but he's also got Justin Fields running the ball quite a bit also. Yeah.
1: That's fair. That's fair. Uh,
0: You spoke on Guynell Mooney. He was going to be one of the guys that I'm kind of in on uh, beginning of the sixth round for us. I'll tell you, I kind of like where I'm being – where I draft in the first round. It's a range of like Travis Kelsey, Joe Mixon, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Swift. Like I would take – any of those four as my first round pick. Yeah, I like that. Like I'd rather be like drafting that. earlier, but I'm I'm not upset about being in that range of players.
1: Uh, Let me ask you something that you can decline to answer if you want, because it is about our draft and a lot of these people listen, um, and it's kind of based on your spot. But the, with Oscar's draft, he traded away – his second round pick. Right. So he does not have a second round pick here. So he picks in the first, picks in the third. Um, does that change at all the player you ta- your idea of who like who you might take in the first round? Does that affect that?
0: It does. Is, is it's
1: it because of the tight end situation. Uh, you
0: know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it does make me think like maybe I shouldn't go tight end with then my first you know my starting running back or wide receiver drafted would be in the third round uh I don't know it's tough I, I sort of go back on back and forth every day a lot of me wants to see if someone will trade me a second run pick but uh I don't think it's gonna happen
1: yeah, because um, I mean, the four guys you said, Mixon, Kelsey Swift and Stephon Diggs, I would take all those guys at your position too. Yeah, fantastic. Right about it. Yeah. Uh, the only one that the only reason I ask is with that second round gone. Like, Travis Kelsey is a fantastic player, and he's gonna be so good this year. But you're right. Like that would your first running back or wide receiver would be third, and then
0: your first of the other is gonna be in the fourth. So, yeah. Uh, you know, just yeah. Yeah. It's int- tough. I I have pretty good keepers that I'm happy about uh, in Cooper Cup and Javante Williams. So I feel like I've got my running back one and wide receiver one. But then I've got, if I take Travis Kelsey at 10, then I take my running back two or wide receiver two in the third round. And then my running back two or wide receiver two, whatever I don't take is in the sixth round. And then, (laughs) That's tough. Right. Yeah,
1: That's where it's going to um, I'll drop a bomb on you. I know you haven't done your your out yet, but since you just said his name, I'm, a, I'm lower than most on Javante Williams. Yeah, I am too. I am. And it's, you know, I know. He's, he's going to be good. I, that, I don't question the talent at all. I think he's really good in football.
0: It's I the just, fact that Melvin Gordon re-signed.
1: Melvin Gordon's a big yeah.
0: problem. I'm, Wyatt can tell you. I was right. upset that day. Uh, and, you know, if if I didn't have him as a keeper, I probably wouldn't be drafting him. But in the fifth round, he's still a value. So I got to take that. I think that can uh, wrap us up, though. Mm-hmm. We're approaching like an hour and a half. Well, it's more like an hour and 20 minutes.
1: One last thing before we let you guys go. Um, we did have one more comment that I wanted to point out. Um, Connor Calhoun said everything fell apart when Trubisky left. (laughs) Um, That's a garbage take. Trubisky's garbage at football. and um,
0: Connor's never allowed to listen to this podcast again.
1: Yep, just wanted to get that out there. I do not like Trubisky.
0: Um,
1: But, yeah, I think that wraps us up.
0: Yeah, thank you guys, uh, as always, for coming in and hating yourselves with us. We will see you. Soon. I I don't think we'll be back next week, but we'll, we'll do a podcast soon.
1: Oh oh yeah.
0: We'll be back. We'll let you guys know. All right. Thank you guys.